Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I also want to encourage you, if you've not already, to pick up your copy of All I Needed to Know I Learned from Dragnet. In that uh, ebook, I examine the careers and history of seven great fictional detectives and policemen, and then life lessons that can be learned from their history. Among the uh, detectives covered in this book are Frank Race, Johnny Dollar, and uh, Joe Friday, as well as Frank Cannon. The book is available as an e-book or an audiobook through audible.com or the iTunes store. And you can find it along with all my other books, audiobooks, and e-books at store.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for today's episode of uh, Man from Homicide, the original air date, September 17th, 1951. And this is the Lucille Forbes case. Stay tuned for Man from Homicide, starring Dan Duryea. The United States is engaged in an immense program of defense mobilization. Its success depends upon the maintenance of a strong, healthy economy. Increased sales of United States defense bonds will ensure that success. Here is a job for America in which everybody can share. Furthermore, in addition to helping your country, you also help yourself because a bond bought is money saved. You can buy bonds on the payroll savings plan where you work or the bond a month plan where you bank. But remember, buy bonds. The Man from Homicide. According to Webster's Dictionary, homicide is the killing of one human being by another. According to Lieutenant Lou Dana, it's the beginning of a dirty, dangerous job. It doesn't end until the killer's found. I don't like killers. Every week at this time, the American Broadcasting Company presents transcribed the star of stage and screen... Ben Durier as Lieutenant Lou Dana, the man from Homicide. To a cop in Homicide, the dead aren't much help. They don't do much except lay there and bleed. After they've bled enough, they die and get cold. And unless you get on it, the trail of the killer gets cold, too. Every second from the moment of the violent act on, the trail of the killer gets colder and colder. She wasn't cold when I got to the ladies' lounge of the local theater. She was still warm and beautiful. No, she wasn't cold, but she was all through bleeding. They bleed out fast with the wrist cut. Her identification said she was Lucille Forbes. I wondered who killed her. She didn't seem to care, the dead being pretty much unconcerned with how they got that way. Looks to me like you got the killer's name right on that card, Lou. Meaning? Lucille Forbes. Why? Oh, slashed wrists, 
Probably broke up with her boyfriend. She sure did, Pappy. The hard way. Well, it happens. Boyfriend gives her a sweet line. She finds out it wasn't for real. Can't take it. Suicide. Not this time. Well, how come not? You'll never get on the radio, Pappy. Not as a private eye. No? <laughs> I bet I could replace the fat man. Stick of gum, Pappy? Uh-uh. Well, you've seen uh, people die violently, Dave. Well, so? They don't do it gently, even if they want to die. They lose consciousness, and then the death spasms start. The blood doesn't run out of the wrists in two neat pools. It spatters things up. Oh, yeah, I see. And she didn't cause no fuss. Well, what's it mean? Only one way she could die that easy with her wrist cut. Yeah? Drugged. Have the lab boys run a test. I had an address from her purse where she'd lived when she was alive. I went there. $65 apartment with a Murphy bed. Mediocre neighborhood. Too expensive for a shop girl. Not good enough for a um, shop-worn girl. Oh, why didn't you use your key? I was asleep. Who are you? Who are you? Oh, now listen, you don't give me any lip. Who are you? Who are you expecting? Lucille, I thought she forgot her key. Otherwise, I wouldn't open the door. You would have. Glance. Cop? Dana, Lou Dana, homicide. Homicide? Somebody dead? Lots of people. What's your name? Uh, Daryl McKay. Don't wait up for Lucille, Daryl. Why? You, you mean she's... She's dead. Dead? Oh, gee, I... Oh, you're kidding, aren't you? Because I she... got better material for comedy. She's dead. Somebody killed her? Maybe. Who? I mean, you know who? Do you? Oh, Where listen. were you, say, at nine o'clock? Uh, the circus. I hear it's in town. How long? For a week, I think. How long were you there? Oh, well, I, I just got back here maybe 40 minutes ago. You see, she told me to come in and wait in case I got back first. And This was only our third date. And your fourth one is still with me at headquarters. It occurred to me that the boyfriend would hardly have much motive for murder if he'd only known her a week, and he'd be the kind of a guy who'd have to have motive. Not a psycho, this guy. I had the boy start a check to find out if he was lying. I was afraid he wasn't. Dave came in with a report from the autopsy. Cause of death? Loss of blood due to slashed wrists. Yeah. Afraid that shoots your theory, son. Cause of death may have been loss of blood, all right, but what was the cause of the loss of blood? Ah. Never mind. Let's see the report. Yeah, sure. You know, I still think I'm right. Jilted girlfriend can't take it. Suicide. You didn't read far enough in this report, Pappy. Huh? Listen. While immediate cause of death has been determined as being due to severe loss of blood, yeah. tests of the victim's stomach show strong concentrate of pheno in sufficient quantity to invoke extremely deep sleep bordering on coma. Uh, See what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but sleep and death, that's two different things, Lou. But related, maybe. Yeah. How do you figure? Well, a person who's sound enough asleep might not object too much to being murdered. This is so pat, Lou. Now I tell you. Jilted girl. Jilted, maybe. But there are a lot of ways to jilt a girl, and one of them is to kill her. (laughs) 
At the end of the second day, the routine began to sift out. The boyfriend seemed clear. We had it from the landlord that Lucille Forbes had taken the apartment only a week before. Daryl McKay, the boyfriend, had a bachelor up on the floor above. The check on the girl wasn't going so well. I'm telling you, Lou, that girl was a gypsy. Meaning? Not always on the move. Before the last place, she lived on Harper Street, two weeks. Before that, a middle-class hotel up on the Heights. Out of town for a month before then, and then two months in a place in the 50s, out on Carlisle. How trench. Nobody at any of these places knew her much. She seemed to stay alone most of the time, had a few boyfriends, nothing on any of them. Who was she, Dave? Well, I can't find out. Like I said, Lou, nobody knew her. Papers that run stories on her, haven't they? Sure. Anything? Nothing. Now, what about that boyfriend? No, he's got Ringling Brothers for an alibi. Any of the papers run pictures? No, no, no. We couldn't find any. Except for that post-mortem stuff, and that's never any good for identification. No, but without pictures, one thing is obvious. Yeah, what? Phony name. Otherwise, friends or relatives would have made inquiry from the news breaks. Yeah, seems like. Better check missing person. Yeah. Dana here. Yeah. That's right. Sure, shoot. What? When? Great. Get it over here right away. Yeah, maybe the break we've been waiting for. Thanks. What? The mailman. Huh? I hear he always rings twice. This time, maybe once will be enough. Will you please talk sense? The boys we had on the apartment, they picked up a letter. Yeah, for who? For Lucille Forbes. They're bringing it over right away. Yeah, probably a bill. Maybe, and maybe not. Also, maybe it'll have a return address. It's not at all like it is in the movies. Cops and homicide aren't storybook sleuths who walk in and break cases by master deduction. No, in homicide, you wait. After a while, the routine starts sifting in. You get a little here, a little there, and soon you put it together. Sometimes it adds up to an answer. We just had a real fine assist from the U.S. mail. Listen to this, Dave. Yeah. So we're hoping you'll come home. I know you feel humiliated... I know it will be hard, but when there's trouble like you've had, you ought to be close to those who love you. Forget the past and come home. All my love, your dad. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah. Dave. Yeah. Better make arrangements to send her home. Yeah. Body to be claimed by your father, Elmer Brown, 5432 Pine Avenue, Hopeville, Indiana. Yeah, yeah, I'll take care of it right away. And get two tickets on the first plane that'll put us down closest to Hopeville, Dave. Two? Can't you tell them by yourself? Sure. Only who can tell what a cop might find out while he's telling a father that his daughter's been murdered? It's a, it's a lousy job. Yeah. You gotta be, though. Want me to knock? Sure. Yeah. Yes? Your name Brown? 
Yes. My name's Dana. Howdy. I'm a policeman. A policeman? Well, come in. Thanks. This is uh, Dave Myers. Policeman, too? Policeman. Well, I, I don't know why you're here, but... Uh, you, uh, but... you got a daughter, Mr. Brown. Goes by the name of Lucille Forbes. Yes, that's right. The real name's Lucy Brown. But she changed it when she was trying to get into the pictures. An actress? No, no, just pretty. Won a local beauty contest. And newspaper guys filled her head with crazy ideas. She tried it out there in Hollywood. But she wasn't no actress. She... Wait a minute. She... She ain't in trouble, is she? She... She done something, I mean? You, you said you were policeman. Mr. Brown, I've had to do this maybe a couple of hundred times in my life. And I've still never figured out a good way. Good way? For what? To tell a person that somebody they love is dead. Lucy. You, you mean Lucy? My, my Lucy is, is... Dead, Mr. Brown. I'm sorry. No. Oh, oh no. How? Well, according I... to the autopsy, she died of extreme loss of blood. Her wrists were slashed. Some of the boys in the bureau figured it looks pretty much like... Suicide. Oh, yes. Yes, I I can understand. What do you mean? Oh, she she felt so bad. She didn't seem to care about anything after she things went wrong with her and Blankford. Blankford? Harrison Blankford, the movie actor. When when she first went to Hollywood, she she fell in love with him. They were going to be married. At least she thought they were. Then I, I guess he was through with her. She never was the same after that, brooding and crying to herself all the time. Oh, I, I wish she'd have listened to me. I wish she'd have stayed here with me. <laughs> Maybe I could have kept her from... <laughs> the body's being sent here to you, Mr. Brown. We won't bother you with any more questions now. Later, when you feel better, I'd like to question you thoroughly. Question me? About what? Well, I'm not one of the boys that thinks it was suicide. What? I may be wrong, but I've got other ideas. We'll see you later. Come on, Dave. Yeah. Well, son, looks like I was right. Even the father thinks so. But I don't. Well, what are you going to do now? I thought we might take a little trip to Hollywood. Uh, I wouldn't if I were you. Why not? Oh, you'll never make an actor, son. Oh, don't be so sure. I might get a part playing a hard-boiled cop. Ah, too much competition. Like who? Oh, Cagney, Bogart, Durier. You'd never stand a chance against them. Oh, I don't know. They're not so great. Anyhow, I still want to go to Hollywood. Why? I want to know how long it's been since Harrison Blankford saw Lucille Forbes and why he threw her over. Dave and I went to Hollywood. Not to make a picture, but to get a picture. A clearer picture of the ill-fated romance between Lucille Forbes and Harrison Blankford. Blankford. 
After all the swashbuckling parts he played, I expected Mr. Blankford to greet me with a sword in his hand. I was wrong. He was concerned with uh, another matter. Dave and I could see in from the large windows alongside the front door. Hey. <laughs> Beautiful, isn't she? Nice paint job, at any rate. Uh, maybe we shouldn't disturb him. Why not? Well, looks like he's got his hands full. Ring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Startled him. Guy doesn't like to have his work interrupted. Yes? Good evening, Mr. Blankford. Who, uh, what do you want? Well, let's say, uh, we're fans of yours. Fans? Oh, now, see here. I don't object to signing autographs, but in my own home, can't I have any privacy? Only place I'd be interested in your autograph would be on a police blotter. What? I'm a homicide cop. I'm fresh out of bodies. I wouldn't say that. Were you two looking through the window? Yeah, we're <laughs> rude. Why don't you invite us in? Why should I? So you can tell me something about Lucille Forbes? What about Lucille Forbes? She's dead. Come in. Thanks. This is Dave Myers. I uh, sort of bring him along for ballast. He should do nicely for that. Honey, whatever's the matter? Oh, I'm sorry, dear. Bit of unpleasantness. These men are policemen. Mr. Myers, Miss Sandra Martin. How do you do? And, uh... I don't believe I got your name. I didn't give it, but it's Dana, Lou Dana. Miss Martin, Mr. Dana. Hello. Hello, Miss Martin. You want to talk to me? Would you mind, darling? Of course. I'll wait. It's me. okay. She can hear. But I'd rather she... I'd left. rather she stayed. Might be interesting to her. Mr. Blackford, how well did you know Lucille Forbes? Very well. You asked her to marry you? I did. And then you ran out on her. Is that right? That's a matter of opinion. Harrison, surely you don't have to stand for this kind of treatment. Miss Martin, a girl has been murdered. I'm sorry if the questions hurt your boyfriend's feelings, but somebody hurt Lucille Forbes' feelings, too. Mr. Dana, when did Miss Forbes die? Last Monday night, between 8 and 10 o'clock. Well, then I think I can relieve your mind. Do. You apparently seem to think I had something to do with her death, but it happens that last Monday night I finished a public appearance tour. My new picture opened, and I made a PA at the Crown Theater. You see, I wasn't even in Hollywood. Miss Martin can substantiate my statement. She made the trip with me. Thank you very much, Mr. Blankford. Thank you very much. Perfectly all right, Mr. Dana. Sorry I couldn't have been of some help to you. Oh, you've been a help, a great help. I, I don't understand. Well, you see, Lucille Forbes died in the ladies' lounge of the Crown Theater last Monday night. What? I remember now. The picture was a premiere, but I hadn't thought about you being there. Thanks for reminding me. We parked half a block down the street. Three hours. Nothing. Dave ran true to form. Twenty minutes after we stopped, he was in the arms of Morpheus. He had a smile on his face. It occurred to me that he probably figured he was in the arms of Sandra Martin. I envied Dave. My trouble was that I couldn't sleep well with a death on my mind. After a while, the yard lights went on at Harrison Blankford's house. I woke up Dave. 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 Wake up. Wake up. We're getting action. Oh, just what I was... Blankford's pulling out. Maybe taking the lady home. That'll be very foolish of him. Quiet. Yeah. 
Stay on him, Dave. I'm going calling. Right. Meet you at the hotel later. Okay, son. Now, be careful. Whoever caught a killer being careful. So long, Pappy. It was a real nice neighborhood. Movie colony stuff. Well-groomed lawns, rich houses. A long way from a girl dying in the public lounge of a movie house. But murder isn't conscious of neighborhoods. Naturally, Blankford's door was locked. I got a thing for locks. The fourth one fitted. I felt more at home with Blankford gone. Where do you look? In a house this big, where do you look? When you don't know what you're looking for. I started at the desk. Harrison Blankford was an orderly man. I wondered where he'd file evidence. I didn't find out, but I kept looking. I had a good hour and a half. I knew Harrison Blankford pretty well by then, but useless information. I didn't know any more about Lucille Forbes' killer. Then I found it. I opened an old memento book and found it. Marriage license. Lucy Brown to Henry Forbes. Yuma, Arizona, October 12, 1950. It had pictures of flowers and angels around the border. And at the bottom it said, until death do us part. It was right. Enjoying my papers, Mr. Dana. Why, you... You surprised me. Your man didn't know the streets very well. I was able to lose him. How fortunate for you. And unfortunate for you, Mr. That's Dana. a matter of opinion, Mr. Ford. I see you found the marriage license. Yeah. Explains a lot of things. Secretly married to Lucille Forbes, in love with Sandra Martin. Lucille wasn't giving you a divorce. Lucille is murdered in a theater where you were appearing. She's dead. You're free. Free to marry Sandra. Only thing is, they don't hold much for weddings at San Quentin. Very interesting. But you're wrong. I didn't kill her. A jury will decide that with this evidence. A jury won't get the evidence. Explain. thing like this could ruin my career. Sure didn't do Lucille Forbes' career any good. Naturally, I'm terribly sorry about Lucille. But the marriage was a mistake. She should have given me a divorce. Sandra and I both begged her. No, Mr. Dana, I didn't kill her. But I have no intention of letting you ruin me by presenting that marriage license in a court. And just how do you intend stopping me? First, I'm going to take it away from you. Then I'm going to thrash you within an inch of your life. You're gonna what? In your business, I believe they'd say, work you over. <laughs> you started believing the parts you play. I don't use stand-ins, Mr. Dana. I'm a good athlete, and I'm in good condition. Then you better keep that way. In homicide, we don't do our fighting for a camera. We do it for keeps. Sounds like fun. Take my advice, Blankford. Don't tangle with me. That face of yours is worth too much to you. Only be good for horror films after I get through with you. I can't believe it. You're either a better actor than I thought, or you're crazy enough to try to take me. I'll try. You'll be sorry, but come on. I am. <clears throat> neat. That's a good left hook. It always looked good on the screen. I didn't think it was real. Try the right. <clears throat> Looks like business. Okay, we get a few lessons in homicide, too. <clears throat> no, you... <clears throat> 
a fight. Yeah, so I see. With him? With me. Who won? We both lost. No. No, you won. You've still got the marriage license. With your pal and his gun there, I guess you'll keep it. I'll keep it. Go ahead and use it. All you'll do is ruin my career. But you'll never prove that I killed Lucy because I didn't. I never thought you did. Uh, What? No man could have. Uh Uh-huh. Getting back to my theory. Suicide, Lou? Nope. But you just said no man could have killed her. That's what I meant. Ever try getting into the ladies' lounge of a moving picture theater? I did. A dame. Another dame. Another dame. But not just any dame. A specific dame. Your dame, Harrison. Sandra? You can't mean Sandra. I do. Why, that's absurd. Is it? Listen. She was with you when you made that P.A. She knew you were married to Lucy Brown... She knew Lucy wouldn't give you a divorce. You told me you'd both begged her. Yes, but... More. She's in love with you. You promised to marry her when you're rid of Lucy, right? Well, yes, but that... Well, you're rid of Lucy. She saw to that. You're only guessing. Maybe, maybe not. But my guesses are usually right. Now let's all go over to her house and see if her guesses are right. It's utterly absurd, darling, but Mr. Dana wants to ask you some questions. It's about... I'll tell her what it's about. Murder, Miss Martin. Know anything about murder? Uh, I don't know what you mean. Okay, I'll draw your blueprint. The murder of Lucy Brown in the ladies' lounge of the Crown Theater. Are you insinuating that I would know anything about it? Just who did it, that's all. Mr. Dana, you're ridiculous. And you're a killer. I don't like killers. You better have some proof for such accusations. How's this? Ever take sleeping pills, Miss Martin? Sometimes. Why? Look around, Dave. See if you can find any. Right, son. You needn't bother. There's half a bottle in my medicine chest. And where's the other half? I've taken them over a period of weeks. You took them or you slipped them to Lucy Brown? How could I? You were with Blankford for that P.A. at the Crown Theater. Now, listen. Early in the evening, you went to see Lucy. You asked her again to divorce him. She refused. You had coffee together. You doped hers, then you tailed her. She went to the Crown Theater for another look at the man she loved. Sometime during the evening, she got sick and drowsy. She went to the lounge. It'd be empty. People wouldn't pay top price to see Harrison Blankford in person and spend their time in the lounge. Inside, she passed out into a deep sleep. You slashed her wrists to make it look like suicide. Only you slipped up. Sandra, of course, I don't believe any of this, but... Tell him. Tell him that... Be quiet, Harrison. He's bluffing. Am I? You smoke, Miss Martin? Certainly. I thought so. Ever see this, Mr. Blankford? Cigarette case? Elgin American. Pretty, isn't it? You've seen it before, haven't you? I... On the inside, there's some engraving. Real intimate kind. It just says from H to S. Could that mean from Harrison to Sandra? Yes, I gave it to her. You admit it's yours, Miss Martin? Yes, it's mine. It is mine. What of it? I found it lying alongside Lucy Brown's body. It was a little way off, so it didn't get any blood on it. 
Not nearly as much as you got on your hands, Sandra. Oh, no. Not nearly as much of her blood as ran out on the floor. Oh, Not no. nearly. All right. I did it. I killed her. I killed her, and I'm glad. She was trying to keep him from me. I killed her. I killed her. Oh. Sandra. Mm, that's a pretty good confession. Three witnesses. Well, Pappy, what do you think of your suicide theory now? Well, oh, it wasn't fair. You didn't tell me about finding that cigarette case beside the girl's body. I didn't find it there. What? I found it between the sofa cushions when I was going through your house, Mr. Blankford. I put it in my pocket. I thought it might come in handy. I think it did. <laughs> Sandra Martin was booked for the murder of Lucy Brown. She died after a while in the electric chair and in the end was just as dead as the girl she killed. Harrison Blankford, a matinee idol with a walloping left hook, would go on making pictures and be more popular than ever with women because one woman had killed another woman for his affections. And Lucy Brown would be buried in a plot of ground in Hopeville, Indiana. They might put on her tombstone that this little girl with stars in her eyes found out that in Hollywood they paint him on blue canvas. At best, she'd never see him again. Or the rings. At least not the way we see him. Sandra Martin had seen to that. I don't like killers. <laughs> You have just heard another transcribed program in a series starring Dan Durier as The Man from Homicide, with Larry Dobkin as Dave. Mr. Durier can soon be seen starring in Chicago Calling. In tonight's cast, you heard Ralph Moody as Mr. Brown, Kay Stewart as Sandra, and Howard Culver as Blankfort. Music was by Basil Adlam. <laughs> The Man from Homicide was created by Lou Vitties, directed by Dwight Hauser. Be with us again next week, same time, over most of these same ABC stations to hear Dan Durier as The Man from Homicide. Orville Anderson speaking. This program came to you from Hollywood. America is sold on ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Welcome back. Uh, this has actually been my favorite episode of the series. Uh, I, I liked how uh, they did work in a little bit of comic relief here. Probably more stuff you'd uh, associate with Richard Diamond with him commenting uh, to uh, Dave, a character played by uh, Lawrence Dobkin, who had played both Archie Goodwin and Ellery Queen on the radio, that he would never be a detective on the radio. And uh, then the reference to uh, hard-boiled uh, actors, uh, and uh, they included Dan Duryea in the list. So that was kind of fun and playful. 
But I also felt that uh, Ludana really does come off as a bit more human in this episode, uh, particularly with his hesitance and just kind of the struggle to find the right words and the right way uh, to tell the father about uh, her death. It was well done, and I think a pretty nice uh a uh, twist on the character that develops him nicely. So I enjoyed this episode, uh, I think, more than any we played. It does feel like the series kind of found a more uh, a more balanced center towards the end. Uh, all right, well, uh, listener comments and feedback now. And we have a series of tweets from Ian, who writes, Hi, Adam. I've been very much enjoying the episodes of Man from Homicide you've been presenting. I see I'm not the only one who has spotted the influence of the Mike Hammer novels on the style of the series. Although the series beats the slightly disappointing that uh, Hammer got to the airwaves, the novels had been selling millions since 1947 and were hugely influential. Dana very much uh, comes across to the listener as Hammer with a cop's badge, which is maybe why the writers sometimes hesitate to have him actually reveal he's a cop until he's had an opportunity to be grouchy and argumentative. I've been like Dan Durier in the role. He has just the right tone of unbending morality mixed with despair at the people and the situations he has to deal with. Durier was one of the great movie western and film noir villains, but I actually preferred him as a flawed, conflicted hero as he plays on Man from Homicide. Well, thanks so much for the tweets in. And uh, then have a comment from Facebook where uh, Kevin uh, says, I was a police officer for 18 years, having seen firsthand more than the average person the dark side of what humans are capable of doing to each other. I think Lieutenant Dana speaks aloud the inner monologue that rose in volume in the mind of an investigator. I understand from some of the negative comments about the series that this doesn't resonate with some, but it does with me. I'm glad I'm out, but I appreciate your introducing me to uh, the man from Homicide. Well, uh, Kevin, thanks so much uh, for uh, your service, and I uh, appreciate your remark. And yeah, not every series is going to resonate with everyone. It's just got to resonate with me on some level, and I have enjoyed uh, Man from Homicide. And I appreciate uh, everyone who has enjoyed the series. If Man from Homicide hasn't been for you, well then, uh, be sure and listen next Tuesday where we're going to be doing something really entirely different from this. Uh, the next five weeks are going to be very different from the last six weeks when we bring you uh, Airmail Mystery. And uh, then uh, join us uh, tomorrow for uh, Rocky Jordan. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.